Hi, everybody. This is Michael Rocha, General Manager for Academic Assault Club, and you're listening to the State of the Republic podcast. Hello, and welcome to the State of the Republic podcast. My name is Luis, and today I'm joined by a voice that you may have heard at a different podcast, or you may have actually seen him at a Republic game. Uh, Danny Troy, also the founder of Los Unicos and one of our new team members here on State of the Republic. Welcome to the podcast, Danny. How are you doing, man? Hey, what's going on, man? Uh, doing okay, man. Trying to trying to get used to this uh, new uh, normal that uh, we have going on. Hopefully, uh, we can get through it and get back to our somewhat old life. Um, looking kind of uh, back and forth right now, but trying to stay positive and hanging in there. How are you, man? I'm doing good. Yes. Likewise, trying to stay positive too, trying to make sure that, you know, keeping safe. Uh, if anyone is actually going out, hey, keep yourself safe. You know, times are, are a bit tough right now, but you got to have hope that things are going to get much better. And we are probably at a much better path than we were at the beginning of this whole thing, because now there is hope, right, with the vaccine and, and all that going on. So here's hoping that that comes along pretty quick so that, you know, we can go back to enjoying what we all like to enjoy. All of us listening is watching a soccer game actually at the stadium versus just on TV. So hopefully, hopefully that happens. So before we get started with today's episode, wanted to remind you all, if you want to follow us on social media, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at State Republic 12. On Facebook, you could search for State of the Republic. And you can also check out our Facebook group, Sacramento Soccer Fans, as well. So please feel free to join that and follow us so that you know whenever we post another episode and uh, you're able to keep up with the latest news of Sacramento Republic and anything else going on in our local Central Valley as well. So as promised on the podcast today is the general manager of Sherlock's MPSL team, Academica Soccer Club, Michael Rocha. Michael, thank you for taking the time to join us here today. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. Well, you know, I thought, you know, what better way to get started than uh, knowing a little bit more about the history of Academica for uh, all of our listeners who maybe might not be as familiar with uh, how the team was founded. Yeah, so we were founded by a group of uh, Portuguese immigrants. Um, we, were, we became an official team in 72, but we were founded a couple years before that. Um, and it was just ended up coming, or the team ended up coming from a group of youth, uh, the kids that attended the, uh, the local Catholic church that uh, we play right next to and uh after church they used to always play soccer and then the idea came you know well you know we have some pretty good players why don't we start a soccer team and it was kind of just you know the idea was always out there and then in a couple years later fast forward it came 1972 the official start of our team or of our club um and the name came from the priest that was actually at the uh at the church at the time and um it was it was it was like it was like an academy that's what it was it was a it was a bunch of young kids 
So he's like, oh, you know, why don't we call us Academica? Because, or why don't we call it Academica? Because there's also a club team in, in Portugal that's called Academica. And Academica, that, that Academica team, um, um, they're Academica the Coimbra. They actually, it's a university team pretty much. So it kind of fit what was happening at the time. Uh, it was it was the youth that was involved, and it was something made for the youth. And it kind of just evolved over the years. Um, started playing locally. Uh, we would participate in these Portuguese tournaments. Uh, we did those Portuguese tournaments for about about forty years of our history. Uh, we did those Portuguese tournaments, and with those Portuguese tournaments, we were playing anywhere from Half Moon Bay down to the Los Angeles area. So we, we played Portuguese tournaments and we played CCSL as well. We won the league a couple of times, uh, which is a Sacramento league, a very competitive league. And that was, you know, before MLS, the, the CCSL, that was, I mean, it's still a very good league, but um, it was even better league at the time. Uh, you had guys who should, should have been playing professional at the time playing in that. Uh, we've had, we've had a couple ex pros play for our team, over the years, uh, we've we've been very lucky with getting the best talent pool in the valley to commit to our club, and that's why we've had such historic history that we've had, you know, over the last almost fifty years of having of constantly putting out a uh, a, a putting out a winning culture, not just on the field but off it as well. But when you mention uh, some players, uh, you know, moving on to like other leagues, right, improving their game. Uh, what where have some of those players gone to? So we actually, um, most notably, we had a uh, we had two brothers called uh, Adolf and Andrew Gregorio, um, and uh, Adolf actually went and played in um, played in England, played at Derby actually, um, if if I'm not mistaken, and then he was drafted by the Colorado Rapids uh, before going to to uh, to England. And then when he came back, he played a couple of games for Real, for Real Salt Lake. Uh, but he was a uh, he was a starter at UCLA before that, and he grew up, you know, playing with uh, playing with academic. And then after he played with US with uh, RSL, he went and joined our team and, and just played locally, just because he was just not one to pursue, continue to pursue a, a professional career. But we have players like that. A couple other play, another other player that comes to mind is a player by name of Manny Brazil. Manny Brazil, he is a player. I mean, it's one of the traditional value players uh, that had it all to pretty much go professional, and he even got offered to go play professionally in Portugal and did. Um, he played for the club before and played for the club after. That's another one that comes to mind. Um, and over the years, we've had quite a bit of players locally that should have had all the opportunity in the world to go play at least USL, uh, but didn't because USL wasn't around the time. Um, some of them probably could have been playing. I mean, we, we actually had some guys on our, on our team that were picked up by the earthquakes in the late seventies. But that was before um, that was before MLS money was still was, was around. It was, it wasn't really going to pay the bills. They actually went to a couple of guys went to a tryout, made the team, but didn't, didn't pursue just because it didn't make sense for them to go ahead and drive two hours when the, uh, the bills weren't going to get paid for. So 
Um, but yeah, we, we've, we've had a pretty historic history over the past almost 50 years of, of like I said, putting on a, uh, providing a winning culture in the Valley on and off the field. And, and we're, we're very proud of it. So Michael, uh, I would like to know your, your history with the team. How did you ultimately join Academica? So I've always known about Academica just because I, I grew up going to the Catholic church that is right next to Academica. So I've always known about Academica. I played soccer growing up. My dad played soccer in Portugal um, and made it, into, made it into one of the semi-professional clubs there, pretty much their version of Academica, uh, but except there they have promotion relegation. So his club was actually playing in the professional ranks when he was there. But um, that's another story uh, for another day. But anyways, so I've always known about Academica. I played, grew up playing soccer. When I went to high school, I transitioned into uh, football. And uh, after football or after high school, I tried, I went to go play at a junior college and just injuries added up. I couldn't, couldn't longer play, started getting right back into soccer and uh, just start just playing Sunday league. All of a sudden I kind of get getting, start getting a couple academic guys to come out and play for my Sunday league team. And then it became to where they started inviting me to come out to practice. So I would go out to practice and practice them Tuesdays and Thursdays and the, you know, the, they would play their league. They're on Sundays. I'd go play my, my Sunday league. Their Sunday league was completely different from my Sunday league that I played. Um, but I, I just, I really, I was, I mean, I, I also remember this day, the first time I went to an academic practice, I was scared out of my mind just because I'd always heard how, how intense practice were and how good, how, how much quality there was there. And what really, kind of open up my eyes and, and maybe see that there's way more to this club than what we know, than what I was told was my very first practice when we started doing a drill. And mind you not, I stopped playing soccer for about 10 years and I was pretty heavy. Uh, I was a pretty heavy guy. I've always been a pretty heavy guy. And the, uh, one of the players stopped the drill that we were doing and said, Hey, listen, I'm, I'm going to come off the side. I'm going to show you how do we do this pretty much walked me through the whole entire drill. The next drill that happened later on that practice, the coach stopped, pra- stopped practice and they literally ran the drill that way I could get it. And, and pretty much that way I wouldn't stop the practice. And I was like, like they're taking their, their time. They're, they're a good team, but they're taking their time to go show a guy that they have they owe nothing to that they wanted to pretty much make sure that I was getting the best experience out there. And that kind of opened my eyes and said, all right, listen, there's, there's, there's a different culture here. Like there's everybody's playing for one another. Everyone wants everybody else to succeed. And that really drew me in. So for years and years, I kept coming out to practice, would always, you know, support of the club. And, um, and then when a fellow, a fellow academic player, because I actually played for academic for, for about a year, there was a year that I actually was able to, uh, to don the jersey for academic. And that was actually my last year playing um, in general. So uh, later on that year, Simon Bancourt, which is now president, got asked to be part of the board. And he brought myself and Sergio Souza, who is now the head coach, onto the board. And uh, he asked me, you know, if I would want to join. And, and I told him, listen, I'd only want to join if we would be able to, you know, go embark on this journey that we are now. Uh, I didn't want academica to be to continue being a sunday league team quote unquote i wanted this to 
go after further and more because I just felt like we're such, we're so far ahead of anybody in the Central Valley. And luckily, those two other gentlemen were on board with that. And they, they wanted the same exact thing. So they brought me in as a GM. Simon took over the role as president. And we brought in Sergio Souza. And I guess the rest is history. That's, that's awesome. That's an awesome story. And uh, tell us a little bit more about your role as the general manager of the club. So my, um, I've, the, good, the good thing is that me and Simon, we have a very, very good working relationship with one another. And um, we do a pretty good job of kind of dividing things out because with being a GM, this is not my full-time job. This is a, this is still a hobby because you know, I'm, I'm not doing this for any paycheck by any means and neither is Simon, but we're, we're both in it with, for the same exact intentions to not just put our club, put the club first, but also put our community first. So what I, what I've been doing is uh, my big thing is, is community engagement, getting the community to recognize who we are as a club and trying to get our name out there even more. Uh, trying to provide a a, a uh, more of what we already do, but just 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 trying to scale it even higher. Um, and for so many years, it's been a little difficult because when you're the new team on the block, it's I feel like it's it's even easier when you're new because you're the next hottest thing. We've taken on the role of taking over a club that's been around for 48 years, and we've had to make that a cool thing when everybody kind of knew us for so long as a Sunday league team. So it's been, it's been difficult, but we, we slowly have been making transition um, to becoming more, more, more known, not just in the community, but throughout the soccer world. Um, any big time soccer person knew about academic before, but now you're seeing the common person know who we are, um, not just in the community of Trillock, but in Modesto and Merced, they know that there's a semi-professional team, the only NPSL team here in the Valley, and they know what what they do know about us is very good from what it seems. Because um, in the last three years that we've been in NPSL, it's been it's been nothing but success. Um, so my role is is to just try to get the community more involved. Um, we've one of the things that I've, I'm very happy to uh, take part in is growing the supporter culture out. Um, not just our games, but, but offside as well. Um, we kind of opened up the door for a supporters group, which a lot of people don't think that would, would ever exist in our central Valley, just because they didn't think there was that much passion for, um, for the Valley and for soccer in general. But lo and behold, we had um, two gentlemen by the name of Joey Berteo and Mike, and uh, Mike Steiner who took on the role and has started the, the black and gold brigade. And, uh, they were their first game was the game against Portland and they, they won us that game. I'll say that the, the supporter group won us that game. Uh, just created a home for the environment. Unlike anywhere else. Um, anyone that's been academic and knows that it's, it's when it's packed, it's a pretty tough place to go get three points. Um, the fans are right on you. You're not playing out high school when there's a track and there's, you know, four or five feet away from the track. And then an extra, you know, 10 feet away from the track to the field. You, the fans are right on you at Academica Field. It is very, it's, I mean, if, if, if anyone's, for the people that have been out there, they, they know exactly what I'm trying to refer to. Um, and it's it just, you know, what I've also done is tried to enhance that facility with the help of the board that 
we have. We've we've done a lot of upgrades over the over the years to the facility. So I guess my role is is you know try to get the the, the fans, the community, and try to upgrade um, just our home in general. That's that's been my my role that I've been been, been taking on. Yeah, you guys have been doing a a pretty good job. I mean, I, I consider Sherlock like my second hometown. I went to uh, university there, Stan State uh, graduate, and I remember walking through downtown, seeing Academica everywhere I walked downtown, and I'm like, wow, this is really amazing to see a local soccer team really make its presence right at its home, and it it just caught my attention right away, and and so um, afterwards, of course, seeing. Uh, the games, uh, that game you're referring to and seeing that new supporters group that just been built. I was like, that is really amazing. And, you know, it, it, it brought me back to our own Sacramento games where you've probably seen them too, that Tower Bridge Battalion really brings out the uh, supporters group in the area and seeing that in Sherlock too, I'm like, this is, this is cool. You know, this is almost like a, a trend. I think that we might potentially see throughout the central Valley is, you know, maybe more clubs start to be formed. Maybe even someday a, a league just between uh, Central Valley teams would be uh, something else if, if something like that were to happen. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I think uh, there's a lot of talent in the Valley. And uh, and the last 48 years, I think Academic has done a very good job of of getting that, attracting that talent to the club. Yeah. And I got to say also the jersey that you, well, you guys were going to play with this season, I, I I'm guessing you guys would probably continue to play with it until next season uh, yep. with the city names and all that. How did that idea come about? Because I thought that was really unique and really creative to have that representation on your jersey. Yeah, so that that was that was me. That that was my idea. Um, this kind of vision that that came to my my mind, and you know, we were we were thinking, you know, just within the board, we were just talking about, you know how can we be different from everybody else besides having a logo that is a nightmare to print and has seven different shields in a year and a, a club name and a soccer ball and a star and all that other stuff that makes up our academic, our logo. Um, and we're the Valley's team and why not represent the Valley? The, the, the great thing about Academica is there's no Trollock Academica or Valley Academica. It's academic soccer. We represent the Valley. So I started thinking, you know, I wonder if there's a way that maybe we can start incorporating the Valley into our Jersey, into what we wear on the field. Cause we're, that's what we're doing. We represent the Valley. And um, thankfully to the uh, great people at, at uh, Icarus, they are the ones who were made our jerseys and I kind of told them what I was thinking. And they knew exactly what direction we wanted to go in. And they did, they pretty much did the rest. They said, listen, this is what we're thinking. We're gonna, we want to add every single city that's in the 209 to this um, to this jersey. Within two, three days, they had mock sports. And that's that's what you see today. Um, but but no, it, it came out really good. Uh, we got to play in it for one game, which was against uh, FC Davis. And uh, that was it. Unfortunately, we didn't get to bust out our away jerseys. And because our first game against Sonoma and our game against the Roots and against the Cruisers, we just wore our old jerseys just because um, COVID had already hit and uh, the jerseys were a little late actually getting to uh, to us. So we had to play our first our opener in our older jerseys. Um, and then we opened up at home with our brand new jerseys and we were excited to put on our brand new away jerseys 
against El Farlito and everything got canceled. Yeah, unfortunately there too. But, you know, I'm assuming you guys are probably play with them whenever the season comes back, right? Use the same jersey and... Yeah, yeah. A- the plan is we're going to keep everything the same for, for next year. Hopefully we'll be, uh, we'll be in a better position next year. I, I personally think that we will be playing next year. Um, most likely it'll probably be an eight, a later schedule, probably starting in April, usually in PSL on the West side or on the West side on the West, uh, West coast, um, especially California will start sooner than anybody else. California will start in February uh, for NPSL. So I think we won't be, I don't think we'll be starting in February. I don't think we'll be starting in March. I think the earliest we'll probably be starting is April. And when we do kick off, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely be wearing those jerseys. We have, we already have some cool, cool ideas uh, to, uh, to implement next year, not just marketing, but, um, but with, with, with our jerseys, which, uh, everybody will see once once we get once we get closer to kicking off the season. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I look forward to to seeing that. So, uh, moving on to some uh, Open Cup. Uh, for for those of you who don't know, uh, Academica had a road right to make it to the Open Cup, and uh, it was really iconic, right? You guys beat International Portland Select FC in a dramatic penalty kick shootout. Everyone, like you mentioned, just celebrated the supporter group was there it was it was a big party there um whereas previously Stanislaus united sherlock express had qualified you know, back in 2012 mm-hmm. uh they they did lose in that first round but uh that was uh that was the last we had seen right in sherlock for open cup which is is something else to to be able to see uh open cup in the town of sherlock uh, is is something amazing too but i wanted to ask you what was it like for the team knowing that, you know, they would be making history playing in the open cup. Uh, they would, you know, have a game coming up in Sherlock in, you know, your own home. What was it like? What, what was going through the team when, when you guys uh, beat Portland in that penalty kick showdown? Um, I mean, just so many emotions. I mean, the game itself, we were, we went down two zero and we scored our first goal in the 91st minute, and we scored our second goal in the 94th minute to tie to send it into overtime. Uh, they go up and they score in the first half of overtime, and then in the 120th minute, we tie it on a free kick that goes over the keeper's head. Um, after going to PKs, we go to PKs, we win 3-1, and I'm sure by the videos, everybody can, all you have to do is go through our videos, you'll see the celebration that ensued after the victory. A lot of emotion, a lot of a lot of um, a lot of relief because we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to to get to the Open Cup. Put a lot of pressure, coaches, players, um, board members. I know myself and Simon. We we definitely put a, a lot of pressure on ourselves to get into the Open Cup. That was the that was the that was the number one priority was getting into the Open Cup, making history for the first time in the club. Uh, the club has historic history throughout the valley. Now it's time to get in that national recognition that we believe that we deserve. And um, with us being in Portland, we are able to host El Farolito, a very, very good El Farolito team. Um, and we were actually, uh, I mean, I don't, unless Cal State Stanislaus will hold claim to this, I don't, I don't believe anybody um, has has uh, has hosted ESPN 
uh, at their facility or at their home here in the 209. Because we we had a, it was on ESPN as as you guys are uh, I don't know if you guys are aware. Sorry for the listeners, guys. This is as as Lisa knows. I was rushing to get home, so I didn't get to prep anybody and tell everybody not to give me a call. But um, anyways, um, yeah. So we had we had ESPN in our backyard, and it was it was crazy to to because they they got there at eleven o'clock and. You know, it's, it's a different feeling when you see an ESPN satellite at your facility. Um, and from the game, unfortunately, we lost, but it was it was a very positive experience. Just just getting to the cup, being a part of history, um, not just for the club, but for the Valley as well. And that opened up a lot of doors, a lot of eyes to the club as well, with us being part of the part of the Open Cup. Um a lot of positive feedback from the, from people that watched it in regards to our facility. Uh, a lot of people were calling it the field of dreams just because we were surrounded by a bunch of, a couple of cornfields and by a field full of cattle. But that's, that's the beauty of Academica. We're kind of out in the middle of nowhere. And then all of a sudden you just stumble upon two grass, perfectly kept soccer pitches in the middle of nowhere with one being an actual stadium. So um, it was just a, a positive experience and, and overall just, just we're, we're, we're taking a lot of, believe it or not, we're still building off of that. And, and, and our, our goal for next year is, is qualify for the open cup. How we're going to do it is by, by, by the league way. Cause how we did it last time was we qualified because we were playing in league of NorCal and, uh, we're not going to be doing that anymore. We were just going to be going straight from, from the league. So if we win our conference, then we automatically get a bid into the U S open cup. And that's why I think that's not, I think, but that's how we're going to go ahead and uh, try to qualify for the next, uh, for the next open cup, whenever that, that may be. But, um, but yeah, just, just a lot of positivity. Uh, a lot of good came from it. Um, the results. Yeah. It wasn't what we wanted, but at the same time, we're, we're taking what we can get from it and, and we're definitely looking, looking to build off it. Yeah. That, that was, uh, definitely, Definitely something else, and I remember seeing it on TV too, and and it was amazing to know, right, that there was a really good pitch out there too, and you know it's one of those things that I drive around all across the valley. You know, I'm from Modesto, so you know, grew up here all, all my life, and so to see something like that, like a jewel, right, just in the middle of like all of our uh, fields, is like it's it's something else, and I think it really uh, represents what the Central Valley is, right? Like, it's like your home pitch is right where all the fields are at, right? Where all the yeah. crops are at. And it's it's something else. I, I, I think, you know, people really saw that and it was a, a, a real reflection of, of the Central Valley right there. So, uh, yeah, we're, it, it was we're, awesome. uh, I mean, of course, everybody wants like a downtown stadium, but what's more us than, than being surrounded by a couple of cornfields and a field full of cattle? Like, that's like the Central Valley in a whole. That is, when you think of the Central Valley, that's exactly what you think of. So the whole entire nation got to see exactly what the Central Valley is, but they also got to see that, you know, we, we, have, we have plenty of good athletes here. Uh, one thing we take pride in is all our players are from the Valley. We don't have any players that are coming from far away. We're, we haven't signed anybody from out of state, out of the country. All our players are, are, are 209 players with a couple of exceptions from some guys that aren't from the Fresno area that do drive up for practice and for games, but it's, it's a majority, you know, 209 team. And, um, 
that's something we're, we're very pride, very pride, prideful in uh, because we don't we back up what we say. We, we you know we we're from the value we're the values team and you know we're not the values team with with playing a, bu- a bunch of guys from from out of state. Yeah, no, and that's that's a really awesome thing to to know that you know you guys recruit locally and you know you're preparing the future of of the valley really because there's a lot of potential here. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's a lot of people overlook the Valley. Um, and, uh, and there's, there's plenty of good, plenty of good athletes, um, that have stuck to the cracks over the years. And, uh, I think we're, we're pretty happy with the fact that now, you know, we're in a position that those athletes don't no longer have to slip through the cracks. Uh, we've had a couple of guys go on trial, uh, with a couple of USL teams. Uh, we've had a couple of guys get scouted by a couple of USL teams and even an MLS team, uh, in the past. And, and that just, it's just one of those things that, you know, we're, we're, we're very, very happy that, we're, that we can provide such a positive product to the value, to the value, value residents uh, through, through the way of soccer. So I know we were talking about it um, before we started recording too. So, you know, th- this year in, in March 26th, uh, you guys find out that the NPSL is canceling the season. You were telling me it happened after uh, the, a game you guys had played. Um, but looking at your record, you guys had had a, perfect record right two games one zero goals against everything was looking uh, really good uh, can you tell us like what what happened during that time and uh, you know how did, did the league tell you and and how how has the team handled you know this situation during this time yeah we um so we start off the year we had two preseason games one against Oakland Roots another against a UPSL team and um we beat the Roots, which are now going to the USL Championship 3-1. We beat this UPSL team, and, uh, and that it was it was a positive, two positive games. One first game, we obviously we beat a team that is you know a professional team. It's, it's always great when you can beat a professional team when you're quote unquote an amateur team. And the second game, we got a lot of our players that um, that needed the playing time. We gave them that playing time. A lot of guys got to actually shine and participate. And uh, we pretty much emptied our we emptied our bench both games, but we really emptied our bench the second one, and uh, and gave those players who um, are kind of on the outside looking in an opportunity to play. So it was great preseason. Uh, we had a great preseason camp, and uh, we opened up on the road against Sonoma, a good Sonoma team, which we beat three um, zero. And then we opened up. We went back home, hosted FC Davis, who won the conference, uh, who won the won the conference last year. And we beat them 2-0. Uh, you can have scripted a better start for the year for us. And then uh, Wednesday, Wednesday we get a sorry Tuesday we get a, we get a message saying we're, we're talking amongst ourselves because we actually have a the whole entire league communicates with one another, and we start hearing the rumblings to where hey you know they might be might be canceling that same day. The Utah Jazz, they canceled their game. Um, the ne- very next morning, early in the morning, we got a, uh, a text message from our, uh, our rep uh, saying that we're, um, we're not going to be playing, that it's, it's, a, it's a done deal. We're going to, you know, league is going to announce that at a certain time. Um, and that's how pretty much season ended. We attempted to try to continue to play. Uh, but back then in March, that was when New York was getting hit really hard. And 
the league felt it to where if it doesn't make sense for that for them to crown a national champion if not everybody can play. So the whole entire East region was not going to be able to play. We were still okay in California. Uh, it hadn't really hit us too too hard. The South it hadn't hit really too too hard, but but the East was was getting rattled pretty hard with with COVID. So um, the league decided to kind of abandon the idea of playing in 2020. And yeah, it was, it was within hours. I would say probably within 12 hours, we were, we had the idea that we could possibly not be playing this week to not playing at all. Yeah. This, uh, this year has been uh, a tough one. And when you, uh, you mentioned getting, getting the text message, everybody has like their own little story. Everybody's kind of like, you know, like when a tragedy happens, um, and 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 in the country, um, everybody knows where they were at. Everybody, you know. And you mentioned uh, New York and New York City. I was actually coming back from New York City uh, early March, you know, and I remember still being able to attend a Sacramento Republic game, the very first and only game that we were allowed into the stadium. Um, it, it's it's been it's been rough, man. And you know, I was telling uh, Luis that. You know, we're trying to stay positive, trying to think positive and 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 trying to see a finish line with this whole thing. Um, but yeah, it's it's hearing that story just kind of just brings me back, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, we uh, it was it was very unexpected. Very, very, I mean, everything was very unexpected. No one thought this was going to become a pandemic, but um, it unfortunately turned into what it is. And, uh, you know, we are planning on coming back in 2021. That is a plan going forward with a couple of adjustments. Um, our biggest, there's, there is a couple of uh, UPSL teams that are still playing in the area. And we're, we're not even going to mess around with that just because our players' safety is our number one priority. And not to mention, if we, there's no point in us playing right now if we can't have our fans there for us. So um, we're a club of the community. And without our community there, we don't want to play. It just it doesn't make sense for us to play. Our, our fan safety and player safety is number one priority. And until we can get things managed to where it makes sense for us to play and, and we could possibly get away with playing, quote, unquote, by getting away playing, that means numbers are significantly lower to where they, from where they are now. Uh, maybe we do have a, you know, maybe we do have a vaccine that a lot of people have taken to where numbers have drastically come down. and we're in a better place than, Hey, let's, I'm all for, and so is a club in, in opening up our gates and, and having fans back in the stadium uh, with modifications or without uh, we want to get back to the, we want to get back on the field just as, as much as everybody else, but uh, fan and player safety is, is will still continue to be our number one priority moving forward. Yeah, that that's great. I mean, I think that, that is ultimately how every club, right. Should, should take it that way too. And we've seen, other clubs also do that too, and and I've seen businesses also really look out right for for their customers, for for the people that you know ultimately help them uh, stay open too. So great, great to to hear that. Um, I wanted to ask you uh, after this happened, you know, the players have probably stayed without playing for a while. I'm sure, and I'm sure they they miss so much playing those like competitive games. How have they taken this time? Like what? What have they done during this time? Like, have, have they still been kind of practicing on their own, or what? What have you heard? 
So the great thing is, is that we have two, two natural pitch, uh, or two, two natural grass soccer fields. And, um, we have told our players for, for the first two months, it was kind of just hey, listen, no one's allowed at the field. We're not going to open up the field anytime soon. And then, uh, things started kind of, you know, things started becoming more normalized business started to open up. At that point, the club decided that, Hey, we're going to let allow players back on the field but there'll be no coaches there. Uh, it will just kind of, you know, train, you can come out and train, uh, just, you know, don't be playing 11s out there. So, uh, we have given the players the opportunity if they want to go out and, and, and train at our facility, the opportunity to, um, some of them have, some of them have decided to train on their own to us. I know we told them just stay healthy. You know, we're, we're in this fight together. We're, we're, we're there for one another. And, you know, if, the door is open for you guys. You know, it's, it's just because we're not going to be having games. doesn't mean that we don't, you know, the door's not going to be open for you guys to go out there and, and, and practice your craft. Um, we got a couple of guys that are, that are still pursuing the dream of becoming a professional player. And um, they're, I mean, I'll drive by down, I'll drive by there every, every now and then. And I'll, I'll see those players out there practicing, um, you know, no more than two at a time that I'll see out there, but they're going through drills and whatnot. And it's, it's great to see that people that our players are taking uh, the off season, the off season quote unquote serious, because that's what it is. It's an extended off season. Um, but the great thing is, is also, I think that when we come back, we'll be in a, in a good spot just because of everybody knowing full well where we left off and where the possibility is for this team moving forward. And uh, I'm 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 definitely looking forward, just like everybody else, for us to coming back on the pitch. But um, pl- players, I mean, they took it hard, just like everybody else. But they do have the opportunity to use our facilities, which is one of the great things we can offer to them. So, Michael, um, in the Republic, we we do have a Turlock native, uh, Hayden Sarges, um, playing for Sacramento, and he is actually looking amazing mm-hmm. uh, with Sacramento. Joining the MLS in 2023, um, how do you think that will continue to benefit the Central Valley? Well, Hayden's story is is is, is a phenomenal story. I mean, you got a kid who grew up here in Turlock, Um, and like I said, the valley is very often often overlooked, and uh, looks to be was it the third Central Valley? If he if he makes the MLS, I think he'll be the third. Central Valley resident that has, has made the MLS. I think Heath Pierce is number one. Um, I don't, don't quote me on this, but I, 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 there was a kid from UOP, Tristan Blackwell or Blackman. I, I could be, I'm sorry if, if I'm absolutely butchering it, but um, I, UOP, I don't know if you, I don't know if he was local or two nine, but uh, he was picked by the LA, by LAFC. And uh, I mean, we're cheering for him. We're, we're cheering for any, anybody from the Valley. Um, one thing about Academica is we've been very open with our players. If you get an opportunity to go play at a higher level, you take it. This is, this is a stepping stone. Use it as a stepping stone. We want you to go play USL League One. We want you to go play USL. We'd love to go see you play uh, overseas or, you know, maybe even MLS. So I, I think Hayden's story will, will continue to inspire other individuals to pursue their dreams because now they have a, a roadmap, uh, not just with Sac Republic coming in the picture, but with the fact that, Hey, listen, you know, Hayden 
if he can do it, if he can come out of Trollock, so can I. Um, also, there's another two nine uh, two nine resident that was part of the Sac Republic Academy, uh, Trayvon Souza. Um, he's with uh, he's with a, uh, a German club right now. He was he was part of the uh, he was part of the the Sac, Sac Republic Academy, but uh, he was uh, he was also part of the under under twenty U.S. Men's National Team. Another Central Valley resident as well. So he's he's getting first, he's now he's with the academy team there. Uh, I, I it's gonna kill me. I know as soon as we finish this podcast, it, the team's gonna come up. But um, he's actually cousins with our our head coach Shilja Souza, and he's actually came come out through some of our trainings during the off season. So it's always it's great to have a professional getting in some sessions with us. But um, but yeah, I think the the roadmap is there. Hayden's kind of solidified it. And we're hoping to do our part and uh, and make sure we catch any people that fall through the cracks and give them the opportunity that, that we think they deserve. Yeah, and, and I think that's that's really awesome that you know you're able to build that roadmap for the players and and yeah, definitely Hayden. He he's been quite an inspiration because it's it's a big feat to say that he pretty much started most of the Republic games this past season coach gave him that opportunity and when he was out there he looked like he had a couple of years in the usl and it's it's something else I, I always say to to see a player around my area right around over here to make it to the republic we know it's it's quite a drive right to to go out there and and to have that commitment that he's gonna make it there and to now be able to to play with republic uh in the starting 11 is it's pretty inspirational, and and I think it's it's good to have those um, cases, especially as as they start joining MLS, because it's it's only going to continue to grow uh, even more. Um, Absolutely. Right, right now, uh, sorry to cut you off, but before I forget, we have three players that were uh, Sac Republic Academy kids uh, that weren't quite enough good enough to play for the first team that are now playing for us. So that's that's another great. Um, and something that we're, we're we're proud of is the fact that those kids they'd probably be you know having to go play I don't know in the Bay Area or in Sacramento to get noticed. Like no, like you can stay here, stay home. You don't have to worry about driving two hours to Sacramento for sessions. <laughs> you can actually drive ten minutes and play at a high level and still get noticed because of the high how uh, how high quality the NPSL is. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely growing a lot. And then with the Open Cup, right, and and all that, it's like everyone's watching you, right? You don't even have to go out and, and watch the game in person. You could just uh, tune in on, on ESPN Plus and watch anywhere, right? Um, so it, it really works out good. One uh, final question for you, uh, Michael, too, uh, on this uh, topic. Uh, w- what are uh, some Academica players that we should be out on the lookout for, maybe for the Republic or maybe the Oakland Roots in the USL or, you know, even MLS, too, uh, in the future? Um. I'll say this. I'll say uh, Desmond Madrigal, um, right back, and uh, his brother Julian Madrigal. Two two great players. Julian played Sac Republic Academy. Um, Desmond played uh, for San Jose Earthquakes Academy. Uh, also, Brandon Canfield, center back. Um, he's a force in the back. Um, I I'm just I'm still surprised that he hasn't gotten. A, a call up to the next level. I, I really am, but um, I mean, we're, we're happy to have him. I'll say that. 
Um, Manny Vegas, Manny Vegas has, has had the opportunity to go ahead and train with, with the USL club before. Uh, he's been on trial with uh, Tacoma. Um, and then uh, Cody Goldad, I mean, I mean, he's, he's been the, uh, the leading scorer for the club for the last two seasons and a big, um, a big, you know, instrumental part to our success. Um, trying to think, other, I mean, I got a, a couple other ones that come to mind, but I'm trying to think to where you could potentially see, I, we got a couple guys that are up there in age, up there in age, meaning by 28, 29 to the point where more and more than likely probably not going to be making that next jump. Um, I mean, Jose Barriga, we call him Chino, uh, six foot five forward, um, who is just dominant as, as can be. Um, he wins everything in the air and, and he's, we played Fresno last year and he gave Fresno a very, very hard time to defend. Um, there was no defender on Fresno's side that was actually able to stop him. So, you know, hopefully he'll get a call up. That'd be great too. But we just, we're happy with, we're happy with having him here. But like I said, we told him this, we don't want this to be your end goal. If it is great, fantastic. Let's represent the value. Let's do the best we can for our community and let's put a, a winning product on the field. But if it's not, hey, use this to catapult you to the very next level. And, um, you know, we've been doing this since, since me, Simon, and Sergio got in. And, uh, and now we actually have um, – we have added uh, Tevin Jones to part of our staff, who is the assistant coach. He was coaching the reserves uh, for the last season and a half. And now he's another, another local guy who's going to bring in some more firepower to this team and to this club and – um, we're going to be, uh, I, I think, I think our best, the best is definitely yet to come with this club. I think that that's awesome too. I mean, it, it's good that there's a lot of promising players there and we were, we were just talking about this, uh, in our previous episode too, but the Republic let go of a lot of players and it's looking like they are trying to shift to like a young mentality and to be more of a, an, a academy team. And so I think that might inspire a lot of the players that you guys have that have that promising future that they might be uh, looked at by the Republic. And, and of course, it, it always helps if you have a, a friendly game, right, against the Republic too, and you're able to showcase yourself against them and, you know, see how you do. Yeah, we've done that before. We actually played them at, uh, at, the, uh, at their facility there in Sacramento. Uh, we had a... Uh, an PSL game on Saturday and we played uh Sac Republic, a mixture of their, uh, their team and some of the Academy guys that are off at college. So a very, very competitive team. We actually played them in our first NPL season and NPSL season um, there in Sacramento. So we have, we do have a, a great, great working relationship with Fresno. I mean, Fresno with Sacramento. Uh, we also played Fresno and then we play, played Fresno twice actually. <laughs> Um, and we actually hosted Fresno at one of the, one of the times at our facility, but Sacramento has been, has been a great, great tool and a great, uh, team to work with. Uh, they've invited us to their open tryouts. They've actually asked us, Hey, listen, if we have any players that I think might be good enough, send them on over. And we, we've been lucky enough to do so. So they, they've done a very good job of, of encompassing, uh, not just us, but a lot of the other NPSL teams into what they're trying to get done there in Sacramento. It's noticing uh, they have, looks like they're going to be building a, an awesome, awesome stadium. Um, and Sacramento is definitely seems to be like the, the place to be over the next 10 years, uh, not just with the club, but with all that's happening in the city. So um, 
yeah, I think, I think our relationship will continue to grow and, and it was, it was definitely, it is. And I think it will continue to be a great to see the soccer public reach down into the NPSL ranks. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much, uh, Michael, for joining the state of the Republic podcast. We do want to wish you the best of luck going forward uh, with your club. And we look forward to having you again when you guys start playing again. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's definitely do this again. Once, once we get back on the field, uh, sorry for the phone calls guys. It was, uh, <laughs> just had to, uh, had to trump the phone. Finally, I, I, I was thinking airplane mode d- did the job, but of course it didn't. So, uh, I apologize to you guys and to anybody and to the people that are listening and, and, uh, it won't happen next time. We'll say that. You, you can just get us a couple of academic uh, jerseys and all is forgiven. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. We'll see you guys out there, huh? We'll see you guys out one more game pretty soon. Or what? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, that, that that would be amazing. Actually, Danny here is the founder of uh, Los Unicos, and they're actually a supporters group for Sacramento Republic. So he is a really good drummer too. So he could probably join in the the brigade right there too. Absolutely, let's do it. Let's do it once once we kick off. I'll let you guys know. We'll, we'll get you guys some uh, some free tickets. Sounds good. Awesome. Cool. Yeah, sounds good. Well, yeah, th- thank you, uh, Michael, yeah, for joining in. Uh, we really appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for having me. Thank you once again to Michael for uh, joining us today. Uh, he had a really interesting story. Uh, I mean, th- this team really goes way back to the 70s and the fact that they're ramping up their marketing and they're getting to be known more and they were on ESPN Plus is, is something else. Huh? It's almost like that. Uh, like the the dream story, right, of the Open Cup that like uh, a team from like the lower divisions gets to make it to the Open Cup, which is the cup where, you know, professionals play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it was a really cool story, you know, and, and, and I, you know, growing up watching like Liga Mackeys, it, it, it happens more often than you would think, you know, like uh, when they had the, uh, the lower league, um, in Mexico, you would sometimes see these, you know, for example, I remember when like Cholos before they came up to the first division, um, I remember seeing them beat a couple people. And I remember just like, like even hearing their name and, and, and seeing the games, I'm like, who are these guys? Or, you know, the, the Bravos from, from, uh, from Juarez that are now in the, in the first division. So it's it's really cool to hear that they that there's something like that going on and that they're actually holding their own against these like professional teams. Um, when he talked about beating the Oakland Roots and the Oakland Roots are, you know, gonna uh, step up and go to the USL and we're gonna be seeing them. So it's just really cool to see those lower teams get a chance uh, because that just means that a lot of those younger players that usually wouldn't get looked at. Uh, wouldn't get noticed because they're in a lower league are getting noticed, are getting looked at, are getting chances. Um, and there's going to be more doors opening. Um, and I'm glad to see that there's, you know, a lot of the talent there won't go wasted. Like it usually does. Yeah. And especially like he said, the Republic and buying them out and all that. I think that's amazing that they're doing mm-hmm. that. They do their tryouts and they reach out to all these clubs and they're like, Hey, if any of your players are interested in trying out, then, you know, they can come out here and see if, if they can make it too. So I think it's cool. I, I think that there is a lot of promising growth uh, in the Central Valley mm-hmm. because uh, every, there's there's like a soccer complex being built everywhere around yeah. here. 
you know, it's growing. It's definitely growing. And and you could tell, um, even though, you know, he does it for free, he takes pride in what he does. He, uh, Michael is pushing his players to move to that next level. He's not holding them back uh, to keep his team at a certain level. He is building these players. He's motivating these players to kind of reach her for, you know, bigger heights and bigger goals. Um, he's not keeping them at a lower level. And I, you know, at some point, you know, I, I would like to see Academica join the USL and go to the higher level themselves um, with that mentality and that philosophy that, that, that I, from what I could hear they have, um, I think they deserve it. And hopefully we'll get to see them um, join uh, the higher ranks someday. Yeah, that would be amazing. Yeah. Because he, they really take pride in their team. They, they've been around for a while now. And, uh, you know, I, I think I really appreciate the fact that they really look out for their player safety and the fan safety as well. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, if you look at other clubs, I think I've seen clubs that are still playing, uh, you know, and sometimes they do allow people there. And, you know, it, it makes you kind of question and you're like, wait, why are you guys still doing that when you know what's going on? And, you know, it's one thing to be in the lower leagues and it's another thing to be in like the USL where, you know, there's, there are more testing happening and like there, there's more of that mm-hmm. going on, but in the lower leagues, you know, that's not really going on. And so, you know, I think it's good for them, really important to maintain that image and to show mm-hmm. the community that hey, we care about our players and we care about your health too. So we're not going to open, we're not going to play in, in this other league that, like you said, is still playing because you know we don't want to partake in that like that's gonna kind of mess with our history yep and i love the fact that he said we don't want to play if our fans aren't there like they're they're still taking the fans into consideration they're still uh taking the the fans into account and a lot of the teams are also not doing that um so they have a lot of that you know fan uh they're very fan oriented i love that you know um, no, it was a, a really cool uh, history lesson. Um, a lot of learning that he, uh, even his story alone, just going to the practices. Now he's a general manager. It's just, it's just cool to see, you know, how people um, get handed these opportunities. And from what I could see, he's made the team better and he's made the team grow. And I'm sure there's a lot of people to give credit to, uh, but you know, he took it from that Sunday Sunday league team to you know playing in the in the in the Open Cup. I mean, that's that's pretty incredible, and I I hope that that they make it bigger and they make it farther into the the Open Cup and and like I said, see him in the USL or you know just a higher level. Yeah, that was definitely an uh, inspirational story, and you know I'm lo- really looking forward to actually being able to go to a mm-hmm. game when they uh, come back uh, and, you know, hopefully you can make the trip down here too and, and really see the environment because I've seen it. Like I, I saw part of that game. I've seen other pictures mm-hmm. as the team post and that supporters group there, it really does have something going on. And for a club in the MPSL to have a supporter group like that is amazing. Like amazing job to the people who like organize that, which we'll probably have them here on the podcast uh, sometime as well to you know learn more as to like what motivated just make sure you say their full name because when you're talking about like oh danny wants to play drums with the brigade 
it kind of like it makes my skin kind of <laughs> crawl so just make sure you say their full name next time oh yeah 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 i had a feeling yeah i i, I saw you too. i'm you like, like oh yeah mm. <laughs> you're like yeah it, it brought back memory yeah it kind of made me like twitch a little bit <laughs> <laughs> no that this is this is a legit supporters group let's, let's just leave it at that um well uh yeah cool well danny thank you for uh joining the podcast it's it's been a while and you know, I, I'm really excited to have you back on, especially as, you know, we, we do these interviews. I know you, you're a big fan of the interviews and of learning, right, how a player got started and how they made it into pro, how a team got started, like we learned today and everything on the sport as well. So, yeah, thank you. Yeah, for, for sure. You know, thank you on. for having me. Uh, I'm a little rusty. It's been it's been uh, like almost, I don't know, months. Uh, I can't even remember the last time I, I did something like this, but um i really appreciate you know you having me and shout out to michael wherever wherever he is michael uh wood <laughs> um and yeah thank you for having me and yeah for sure we can uh, definitely uh talk about doing it again at some point awesome cool well be on the lookout for our next episode that's it for today have a great day and we'll see you next time thanks everybody have a good one <laughs>